Join the conversation. Local issues that matter in our community. With Uncle Fernando on Bay FM 99.9. Listen to Uncle Fernando on Bay FM 88. <laughs> <laughs> 99.9. 99.9. That is where you are. It is 22 minutes to 10 on this cloudy Monday morning. And joining us in the Bay FM studio, we have the mayoral candidates beheading the Byron Shire Action Group. Bruce Clark, welcome back to the program. Oh, good morning, Fernando. Good morning to your listeners. Look, and thank you for coming in. I want to ask you about these film productions that we've been talking about uh, today and last week, Bruce. But the first time that we had you on this program back in July, um, I made the point that you were relatively unknown in terms of a, you know, a big public profile. Do you think you've uh, rectified that since? You certainly are everywhere. Oh, well, I, you know, it's up to others to say. I, I believe so. We've been very active as a group. We've been around at the markets. Um, we're build, building a profile, obviously, on social media, but uh, talking on programs like this and actually getting out and meeting community groups, I think that we're getting good feedback. And really, it's for others to say how well uh, we as a group are known. Um, I think that applies to everyone. You live in your own bubble and think that you are well known, mm-hmm. um, but really time will tell and the election will tell. Mm, and sponsoring our great <laughs> station as well. Thank you, Bruce. Indeed. Look, your Byron Shire Action Group includes Julie Meldrum, who we, we've already heard from on this program. You've also got to Bruns Cafe owner Gary Della and uh, Byron small business owner Janine Cosset, whom we hope to hear from before the election, which is fast approaching. Before I ask you about films in our region and your key policies, Bruce, I do want to clear up something that wasn't mentioned that first time we had you on and surfaced subsequently on social media. The fact that you've been a a lifelong member of the Australian Labor Party. Can you please clarify uh, that for us, if you still are, and why that wasn't made publicly clear at the time? Oh, look, I thought it was pretty clear. I mean, I'd stood uh, in Coffs Harbour years ago and uh, I had a very uh, high-profile standing uh, when I won nearly 18% of the vote against the National Party uh, in a very tough election where I was opposing, uh, on environmental grounds, the ocean outfall. The fact is that I was made uh, a life member. Um, I've had no real active involvement in the uh, Labor Party since the 90s, and I didn't pay any further membership fees. If, in fact, it's really the Labor Party that left me. Uh, They've not taken a strong stand on the environmental issues that I feel are important. Uh, there's a number of issues with the quality of some of the people and the damage that they've done to the reputation. So that, as with the Greens, I have a lot of similarities in my approach and policy on environmental and social issues, but I have formally resigned from the Labor Party. I haven't been actively involved in the last 20 years, and, uh, you know, that's where, that's where it stands. I'm truly an independent, and I've always believed that there is really no place for the established major parties in local government elections. You haven't been active 
uh, with Labor for a long time, but you certainly are well connected with Labor. And you went to their recent 100-year function in, in Byron, I believe. Yes, um, I had a lot of contact with a number of people, including somebody that I'd known uh, since I went out to the It's Time campaign, the Whitlam campaign, and that was Bob Carr. And I was approached by the local ALP to see if Bob Carr would come up uh, and address uh, their meeting. Um, Bob and Helena have been a, a good friend of my partner and I. Um, I have my differences politically at times with, uh, with the cars, but I did attend. Uh, and as the person who was actually driving Bob around, I mean, Bob Carr has never had a driver's licence. Wow. It might, might surprise people, <laughs> but I actually was his chauffeur, I suppose, during that time. Mm, and that was recently. Look, you haven't been an active member, uh, but uh, can you clarify, you're still an honorary lifetime member of Labor? No, no, I, I formally resigned. I formally resigned. And that I, was recently, though? That oh, was. some several months ago now. Okay, so was that was after you were on, were on this program and it surfaced on social media, was it, Bruce? No, I believe it was before then, it was certainly before then. Okay, because it was might have been well known in Coffs Harbour, but it wasn't here, and it wasn't when you came on uh, this program. I've subsequently started asking all candidates because yeah. of this. Yeah, well, a lot of people have been members of various parties over the time. Um, I can think of people in other uh, campaigns who had formerly been members of other parties. I accept it uh, when people like Michael Lyons or Peter Westheimer mm. say they were former Greens, they are now truly independent. I accept their word, and I trust that people accept my word. Mm. I am truly independent and certainly my team, none of my team have been a member of any political party at any time. You, you describe yourself as a progressive independent and your team and you've said a lot about transparency, demanding transparency of council and the likes of Blues Fest. Um, but do you think in retrospect uh, you should have been more forthcoming about the fact that you were very recently connected with Labor and a lifelong um, connection with Labor? Well, it was a question that never really arose. I mean, I'd moved away. If I was active, I held any office in the Labor Party. I was actively uh, paying membership fees. I've not paid a membership fee to the Labor Party uh, this century, let us say. So it's a long, it's a long bow, really. Okay. No, we thank you for cl clarifying that. Uh, Bruce, let's ask you about the whole film productions in our region, which are going to uh, accelerate, the number of them are going to proliferate uh, as we open up in the coming weeks and months to the outside world. Uh, you heard that interview with Bianca Miller, local young filmmaker, crying out for greater support from local film productions um, and uh, the, the whole industry. Your thoughts on this issue? Look, I don't claim expertise in that, although I was involved in a, a film production uh, business um, which tried tried to uh, get the Australian classic Snuggle Pot and Cuddle Pie um, uh, on, on the screens. And I worked with some very talented people, including a local, Tim Brooke Hunt, who had been the former head of ABC TV, and also have had lots of contacts with others in the film industry. Al Clark has been a long-standing friend who did Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh, my neighbour up here, Andrew Knight, uh, has worked on a variety of TV and films 
and the issue of the support for the local industry has always been highlighted by these people and I do know that many of them have made various trips to Canberra uh, to get some positive action to help. So I haven't got the answers but I know some of the people that have been working very hard and will have the answers and I'm certainly very happy to provide whatever support if the local council uh, is in a position to do so they should throw everything at providing support to our young creative people working in that industry. Talking about the council, one of the main issues, uh, Bruce, that we heard last week is that the LGA filming protocol is very outdated. It's 12 years old, um, very outdated indeed, and there's not enough oversight of these productions that are coming here. Councillor Kate Curry, um, who's also running for mayor, I believe she's going to announce that uh, this week, she's pushing for a review of the LGA filming protocol in a motion that's coming up at the last council meeting um, of the year. What's your view on that? Do you know much about that? Look, I've looked briefly at it. Um, Kate Curry is a, is a wonderful person who, uh, when she gets an issue in mind, she works hard at it. And uh, without going into the details, I think she's probably on the right track. And anything that can assist our local, uh, our local people and provide clear guidance to those companies coming into this area to ensure that they do the right thing by our community and by providing relevant employment. Otherwise, it's a lose-lose situation for our community. And Bruce, I know that you're big on trying to get more grants and more money for mm. our area, and we will go on to talk about that. But shouldn't we be trying to get a better financial deal from these film productions that are coming here, and more and more of them are going to come here? Couldn't agree more. And see, council does have certain powers. I mean, it is a matter where a, a film company or even a, a company coming in to do an advertisement, they need to get a development application, they need to apply to the council. Now, I'm not making policy on the run on those issues, but I certainly support some approach that gives a better return for us and brings these companies to account. We shouldn't deter companies that are going to bring employment to the area, but we should make sure that they leave something for us and the community and our workers here. Bruce, let's move on to your policies. <laughs> what do you want to to do? We'll, we'll stick to the main. I know you've got lots of policies. You've been releasing a lot of them lately. I want you to, first of all, tell us what your number one issue is and the thing that you would most want to do in your first term, if you're elected as mayor or elected on council, because there'll only be two and a half years of this term. What's the number one thing you want to do? Well, I think it all depends on ensuring that we have a council that's restructured and providing a better service to our community. I think that we don't get the best out of our council and the employees until you have a structure that's much more workable. I think that's long overdue. So reforming council? Reforming council. Look, I don't have a point of view about individuals. I only know that in the various roles I've had, you get the best out of people when you've got a good structure. And I've heard this from a number of people, former employees, current employees, members of the community, that there is a lack of coherence and morale amongst some of the staff. Now, I'm not pointing the finger at any individual. I think that you need to create something. 
And then arising from that, we can start doing doing certain things. We have a development uh, approvals process that is cumbersome, annoys people. I'm not talking about big developers. I'm talking about people that want to enclose a veranda or do minor things. Mm. We need to do that. But the real issue is going to be about affordable housing. And that, to me, everything depends upon that. I understand, for instance, uh, uh, local police, you know, of 50 or so people, uh, only seven or eight actually live in the Shire. And one of the reasons for Mm. that is that none of them, even though they're paid officers, can really afford to live here. Our businesses can't, you know, can't operate unless we have people living here. And the worst of it, the worst of it is that it's changing our character for the worst. Mm. We don't want this to be just some wealthy, gated community. None of us want that. And so we really do have a plan for um, affordable housing. Well, let's go on. Let's go on to talk about that, Bruce. What are the key things you want to do <clears throat> and that are achievable and practical and that can be done in a relatively short time? We've got, we do need some quick fixes as well as... Long term, obviously, it's an issue that needs a long term fix. But in the short term, surely we can do some stuff. You're right, Fernando. And we can't address the whole problem, which is largely state and federal, but we can alleviate it. And I'll tell you this. The council rightly did announce that we have a housing crisis, as do all the councils on this coastal strip. They have come up with one, one plan, and that is... Uh, some flood-prone land at Mullumbimby. Now, good luck. If that can get through, it's going to be very difficult. But certainly I'd welcome it if it happens. But that's going to be five to six years before we see any building on that. And that's been confirmed with senior people in the council to me. So that's not a quick fix. It is something in the back pocket. So what can you do before that? What we, what we can do... The only cheaper land is rural area land. We've got a rural residential policy that can be updated. One of the problems and one of the errors made by this council was that when there were changes made by the state government adopted by our surrounding councils, Ballina and uh, and Tweed, we still put rigid controls. And here it is. It didn't matter the size of the allotment. You have a one-size-fits-all. It was either four or six extra places could be built on it. You had a restricted floor space, so you could only have 75 square metres, which isn't a house big enough to provide a proper housing for a, a family with children. What I'm pushing for, and which I've spoken to people in multiple occupancies, in the inten- uh, intentional communities... Mm-hmm. Many of these places could immediately, with the stroke of a pen, start building additional housing, which would comply with all the things that we feel necessary, fire safety, uh, sewerage systems that don't affect our waterways. And what we need is to change it so that we have a site-specific plan. That's one thing. The second is the council doesn't have any real useful land for housing we have got to work with private landowners and i've spoken to a number of developers there's a clear way forward and that is instead of some of these people land banking holding land for no good purpose for the next 10 years Mm. you provide incentives by giving them some degree of rezoning on the basis that 
some of the land, a proportion of the land, is to be released for affordable housing. I've spoken to some of the landowners who would be quite keen to do that. So that brings forward... And we can speed that up as well because there's Absolutely always speed major delays. With Absolutely. All of that. This is one of my complaints about the council. It's not that they don't sometimes have good ideas. Often they have good ideas. But there is a slow, lackadaisical pro process. One of the things, and I've been speaking to a lot of people, this is a really great time of urgency. You know, the amount of money that's coming into this area, the change that's going to happen to the character, mm. this is going to be a really crucial two and a half years. And one of the reasons that I think that I'm the right person, I am just going to focus. I've got no aspirations to stand uh, for other parliaments and I will give it all for that period of time. I have no aspiration of even running again for mayor after this, so I can focus without worrying about the next election. If things go well, I'd probably seek to stay on council, but what I want to do is to do the hard yards, to, to right the ship, maintain the character, preserve our environment, and ensure that whoever takes on afterwards is able to go on a path that we all adhere to mm. as a community. And Bruce, I want to hear some of your ideas for how you want to bring in money to our area <clears> so <throat> we can maintain and upgrade our infrastructure and build more housing. One of your ideas, and Mark Swivel's been working on this as well, <laughs> is try and get more money uh, for the Shire uh, that we generate, not only from GST, but also from stamp duty, the windfall that the state government's been raking in. How can we get some of that back? Well, I raised this, uh, this issue when I spoke to you last on the 26th of July, and I was very happy to hear that Mark Swivel has uh, raised it recently, and that is the fact that we have, we're providing a lot of income to both the state and the federal government, land tax, uh, uh, the GST, and of course stamp duty. Now, it's easy for anybody to say, yes, that's an opportunity to get some monies back from the federal and state government. It's far more complicated than simply going down knocking it on the door at Macquarie Street or going down to Parliament House in Canberra. I worked for three years in Parliament House as a senior advisor in relation to uh, roads, public works, regional development. I've worked uh, with one of the major advisory firms nationally dealing with Canberra. You know, it comes about because myself and Julie Meldrum, one of my uh, colleagues, have got contacts and we understand how the system works. Julie, from her many years as a senior diplomat, uh, and myself from all sorts of contacts on both sides of the political divide, but more so understanding the bureaucracy and having worked in the bureaucracy as a probity advisor for New South Wales Treasury, having worked for a period of time as an independent advisor to the Lands Department, um, I know the way to go through, and it's not a straight line of knocking on a door. There's a lot of work to be done, and you have to know the way to navigate. So I say without any shadow of a doubt, uh, the only team that's got that level of experience is my team. And what are some of the other areas that you... I know you're big on grants and trying to wrestle uh, some grant money uh, to upgrade our uh, transport 
and the rest of our infrastructure. What are some uh, some other of your ideas, uh, Bruce? <clears throat> well, specifically, specifically in relation to transport, you know, I accept that the council doesn't have the money to come up with much other than uh, some basic improvements to bicycle tracks, pedestrian access. We will need we will need support, and again, there are various um, uh, approaches that can be made. There are various special grants that have been accessed by other councils, not just in New South Wales. I'm aware in WA uh, and uh, uh, Queensland in relation to specific transport projects. And one of the things that we need is a better interconnectivity mm. and with a focus on you know, a green approach, electric vehicles. And this is one of the things I just wanted to say, Fernando, I think I might have mentioned it before. We say that we're a green area. I certainly am a green. I, my credentials are as good as anyone in any party uh, going back to my university days. But here we are you know, holding the flag as the green capital of Australia. And yet, when it gets to council activities, we're not going to reach net zero emissions until 2027. Mm. A big fossil area like Newcastle, Newcastle City Council's already reached that. We need a bit more activity, you know, to come behind our bland statements about improving our environment. Mm, you said that uh, last time. But where are we going to get the money for this, though? Because, Bruce Clark, one of the ways you're not going to generate money is by extending paid parking. In fact, you told us last time you think it's lazy uh, policy and you don't want to expand it to other villages. <coughs> You'll be happy to leave it in Byron but not extend it. Um, Mayor Michael Lyon has just put out a media release this morning saying that he wants to extend paid parking to the other villages, Mullumbimby, Bangalore and Brunswick Heads, uh, perhaps increase the fee and it will only apply to visitors, not to locals. He will scrap the 50 or $55 annual fee for locals and he's looking at the possibility also of having a, a smaller fee for visitors from outside of the Shire but in the region. So it's the the overwhelming, the people that are going to pay and an increased amount will be outside visitors. So that's a way to generate more money and that he can put back into transport and um, other things. What do you think about that? Well, I welcome the fact that Michael has listened to me and the community about protecting uh, our uh, overtaxed residents. We've already got some of the highest rates in this, uh, in this region. So he's gone some way to address those issues. The question I have, and I haven't looked very carefully at what he's going to suggest, is how many cars is he going to give an exemption to? How many people who are out of towners um, are, are going to register a car here as they come down for their weekend from Brisbane or elsewhere? Um, it's it's got a lot of there's a lot in the detail that needs to be addressed. But I would welcome a situation where uh, local residents don't have to pay the $55. So you'd support it being extended to the other villages? No, no, I'm, I, I need to much much more clearly see the detail. The one thing that I just don't like is the effect it has on the character of the place to have in wonderful areas like Mullumbimby, uh, Brunswick uh, and, of course, Bangalore, a whole row of parking metres out there. This isn't being driven by congestion. I mean, because 
what whether it's paid parking or not, there are time limits. There are time limits. And that has really little to do with the issue of, <coughs> of congestion. And I think that uh, it's, it goes some way to address it, but I'd have to look much more cl- closely at the details. All right, we're running out of time. Yeah. It is a couple of minutes past 10. I'm with Bruce Clark, mayoral candidate from the Byron Shire Action Group. Bruce, we've only got a couple of minutes to go. Sure. Beach erosion. We heard from <coughs> Jan Hackett, outgoing Labor councillor, uh, who's uh, been fighting for years to try and save Main Beach and to stop the degree of beach erosion and save the dunes and regenerate the dunes so we can save the beach. I know you've been posting a lot on the pandanus trees that have been falling. But she's actually She actually made clear when she was on the program that they shouldn't be there because they were uh, planted after the dune mining and they're actually getting in the way of the beach doing its own thing and we've been losing a lot of sand as a result. Just briefly, your view, are you you keen to save Main Beach? I'm keen to save it. I feel the frustration that was expressed by, uh, by her on your program. I think she's done a lot of good work and I can understand the fact of the matter is she starts at the time of the um, sand mining. There was vegetation along the back of that prior to then. If her solution, which it appears to be, is that we simply have a grassy area um, going down to the beach so that people walking on the beach uh, look up and just see a row of houses across the road, it's not where I come from. And I have spoken to coastal engineers that take a different view, that we can preserve um, and do something about the dunes and still maintain a strip of vegetation, the trees along there. All I've ever been saying, I don't claim any great expertise about the long-term planning, is that we've had 25 years without getting a beach management plan. It's a, a, an absolute disgrace that we've not done that. And that when there's been the heavy erosion of the dunes, the sand might come back. The beach sand has come back. I a little bit. She said a lot lost of about four metres. So no, no, the sand Compared is, to how much we've lost. No, no, no. I totally disagree. I, I think we're talking about different subjects. The sand running around Clark's Beach mm. to the pass, it is... There's a lot more than there's been for a long, long time. It's the dunes that we are losing. Yeah. And the fact is that the dunes will not naturally come back within a few years of natural progression. It would probably be 50 years or more for them to be built up. Now, our view is that probably it's beach nourishment, pushing some of the sand back or bringing some sand in. But I don't have the answer. The thing that I can say is that temporary sandbagging, which saved the Beach Cafe, should have been used to stop the... Uh, erosion of the sand dunes and the loss of so much vegetation until we needed a temporary measure until we got a longer term measure. Bruce Clark, I know there's lots of talk going on behind the scenes over preferences. Who are you in talks with, Bruce? Well, look, I I take the view, I take the view that I want um, uh, independent groups of people. I'm not in favour of the major parties and I think that we've got some really good candidates. I think that it will be a really good council if we have the mayoral candidates all get on there. I'm simply saying 
uh, I think I've got a greater experience and background to achieve this and to lead these group of very talented people. So, so you I'm, won't be making deals with the Greens or Labor, it'll be the other independents? I, I would focus uh, I would focus on the other independents. You know, I'm not averse to the individuals in the various groups, but I'm looking to the independents. And anyone in particular that you're in close talks with that you um, want to reveal to us? Well, well, I'm talking to a few people and they're talking to me. And uh, we'll you close watch with this space. Other? Watch this space. Well, I think that we all will have to make a decision within the next week and uh, I won't uh, jump the gun about anything because I haven't got uh, that approval from anybody and I haven't made my mind up as yet. Okay, watch this space indeed. Bruce Clark, it's been a great pleasure to speak to you and we'll get you and all the main candidates uh, back in the week or two prior to the election. We might get a few of you in the studio uh, for shorter interviews and put um, a couple of you up against each other. All the very best. And you are holding events. How can people uh, get to you about your policies? How can they find you and your team? Well, I've spoken to all the other candidates. We're all annoyed about the impact of COVID and being unable to get uh, the kind of public meetings we want. But there will be a public meeting on the 1st of December at Bangalore. Um, I've been asked to come along to a mental health uh, function, I think, on the 24th of uh, November. But I'm also going to be at various venues. We will be posting that on our website. You know the website, uh, Byron Shire Action Group's website. We will be advertising on this radio station. We will be advertising in the Echo and listing where people can meet myself and my team, ask whatever questions. And so we'll try and get around to all the main areas. Uh, we've almost got that listed, but it will include Town Centre, Suffolk Park, Brunswick, Bangalore, Mullumbimby and some other areas. Thank you, Bruce. All the okay. very best. Thanks very much. Bruce Clark, who, as I said, is leading the Byron Shire Action Group. It is eight minutes past ten on Bay FM.